Yeah. I, do you know he's God? Do you know that? But more importantly, where is he? Yeah, he's here. And those first two songs had the word truth in them. And, and when we talked a little bit about op when the opening here, it's letting that truth come forth. You are the product of God's love. He restored you to his original thought. We don't have to earn refreshment. We don't have to earn healing. We don't have to earn anything from God because he's already done it. So if he's already done it, there's nothing we can do to earn it. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's what we meditate on. That's what we hold on to. And so flipping back into Colossians a minute, into chapter 1, in verse 20, He, God, initiated the reconciliation of all things to Himself. Say, I'm reconciled. To God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Through the blood of the cross, God restored the original harmony. Do you, do you realize that you vibrate in perfect pitch right now? You are restored to original harmony. And Diane's vibration, and Carol's vibration, and Greg's vibration... John and Linda's vibration, Norman's vibration, my vibration are all in harmony right now. And his reign of peace now extends to every visible thing upon the earth as well as those invisible things which are in the heavenly realm. Do you realize we're at peace with God? And God's at peace with us? And we are at peace with the angels. We are at peace with all of creation. And the only thing that gets in the way in verse one of chapter one, verse twenty-one, is your indifferent mindset. If we have an indifferent mindset, it will alienate us from the truth. And an indifferent mindset is just one that doesn't focus on him. And doesn't believe his truth. Eh, you know, God is who he's going to be. Que sera, sera. Someday in a land far away. That's indifference. But we're not indifferent. Because we believe in truth. He accomplished the full reconciliation and restored us to our original design in His dying our death on the cross. He fully represented us in order to fully present us again in blameless innocence. See, and that's, that's the thing that, that gets in the way. We are blameless. We are innocent. As a lawyer, I heard the verdict, not guilty. 
But you see, in, the, in a, a not guilty verdict in and of itself doesn't declare your innocence. It just means there wasn't enough proof. But God says we are innocent. There is no proof against us. Think about that. He declares us innocent. Uh, we're innocent. We're innocent. No sense of guilt, suspicion, regret, or accusation can stand against us because he officially canceled it. Can you just picture just picture the father with his his referee stripes on and his whistle, blowing the whistle and goes, Canceled. Gone. Because I'm the official. I canceled it. It's like when they throw the flag in football and then pick it up and go, no foul. Right? No foul. There's no foul. There's no nothing against us. No written code. No nothing. And one of the songs in that first set talked about darkness. And, and in Colossians 1.13, it says out of the mirror, He rescued us from the dominion of darkness and relocated us into the kingdom where the love of His Son rules. Some translations, you know, the more modern or the more traditional ones say He transferred us into the kingdom of His light. No, He can't. This is the more, more intimate as He relocated us into the kingdom where his, the love of His Son rules. And so it's like tonight, we just drop that bucket into that deep well and we and we just let the Holy Spirit bring up that refreshing water of His love and pour it over us tonight. And as we go, we are loved. I'm loved. You're loved. That's truth. And there's no written code against us. There's no foul that, the, that any mindset, any religion, or any demon can go, hey, look what I got. No, the, the referee, the king goes, no, it's canceled. Everything Everything in our life begins in Him and is sustained in Him. And tonight, just as we, as we participate in this time in the now with Him, as we focus on Him in the now, as we focus on the love He has for us now, that truth comes up. And the truth is, sickness can't stand against us. Fatigue can't stand against us. Chemical sensitivities can't stand against us. These things are beaten. Anything that has been trying to gnaw at us is defeated and it's gone. It's eradicated. And our f- response to, is to just focus on His love and go, thank you, Lord. Yea, God. I died with you, so these things died. I rose with you and I rose into life. We rose into life. And we don't give ourselves the privilege of thinking that very often. Because religion still tells us, you be bad. I'm not picking up that penalty flag. I'm not canceling it because you haven't done enough. You haven't repented enough. In fact, I'm going to send you back 15 yards for that personal foul. That's what religion does. And then we never can really then put our head around the fact that we rose in love with Him. We rose into life with Him. Resurrection life means resurrection life for all of us.
don't know about you guys, but I'm ready for a breakout of that truth. I'm ready for it to just begin to be more and more real in my life and in your lives as we just continue to praise Him, as we, as we declare even tonight in our minds that, yes, God, we agree that we rose with You. And we take almost, in a sense, a conscious envelopment of that truth around us as we're in him. You know, when he rose, we were in him. So when we, when we declare, I have risen with Christ, I mean, that means I'm in him right now. And you're in him right now. No sickness and disease in him, as I recall from reading the scriptures. And when he laid down to sleep, he slept, even in the midst of storms. And when he confronted those who were just in opposition, he continued to believe the truth because he knew what was going to happen. And so we can continue to believe the truth even in moments of experiencing opposition in, in terms of fatigue or sickness or someone just getting in your face and going, who do you think you are? with this grace message. Well, it's right here. I don't think, I believe. I'm not going to analyze it, I believe. We're blameless, we're innocent. And it says not only that, but we're face to face with Him. Face to face with God. If Moses could have a face-to-face encounter with Jesus, if the elders could have a face-to-face encounter with Jesus, because I re-listened to Greg's teaching from September 9th, and you described out of Exodus where they had the meal, and they were face-to-face with God because God came to the meal. How much better is our face-to-face experience if we're in union with Him? Think about that. Wow. See, they weren't face-to-face experience, but our face-to-face experience includes that interpersonal connection and of touch. If we are in Him and He is in us, we're touching. We're in union. Go ahead, Diane. And you know what it says? Wasn't it 70 It was. It is. Yes, yes, Diane. I think when God gives us those examples, there's always a level of truth ready for to spring up. In seventy, you know, seven being being perfection, wholeness. Why? And that's the old covenant. How much better? How much better? And so, as we move into the second worship set in a couple of minutes, just think about I. It's a better place to be than even Moses was, than the 70 elders were. It's a better place to be than Abraham was. And it's even a better place to be than Adam and Eve because they did not have Christ in them and them in Christ. They were in, they were in union in a sense of communion in the, in the garden, but they didn't have that internal experience yet. Think about that. So verse chapter 2, verse 7. Just like the roots of a tree, draw, draw your sustenance and strength from Him. 
Like, like a building rising up out of its foundation, your life makes the full stature of Christ visible. Standing tall in his shoes, firm in your faith posture, the language of gratitude that overflows from your lips reflects the exact impression of what you were taught. So when we start using the language of gratitude, we're reflecting him even more so and acknowledge him even more so as part of that union. In his, this place of our union in him, the complete treasure of all wisdom and knowledge is sourced. You have all the wisdom and knowledge of the Godhead. It's sourced in you. That's why when he says, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness, it's true, because it's already in you. Chapter 2, verse 15, it says, In him dying mankind's death, he, Jesus, diffused every possible claim of accusation against the human race and thus made a public spectacle of every rule and authority in God's brilliant triumph demonstrated in him. The voice of the cross will never be silenced, never be silenced, ever, 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 because the voice is truth. Don Keithley posted, I know a couple of you saw it, that some national prophet, and he didn't even name who it was, declared that the hurricane that just went through Florida and Georgia and swung out to the East Coast was the direct demonic response to the fact that Justice Kavanaugh had been confirmed. And he goes, nope, don't buy that. And I go, don't either, because that's given too much power to the demonic forces. They don't have that power. He defeated them. But yet there's still people out there that cling to that. No. But watch, watch the resurrection life that comes into these places where this storm was because Jesus fills the void of what's going on there in the natural. As, they, as truth is declared in that region, in people's lives, people will come together and they will rebuild it even better. And I think that's, that's the thing there. Chapter 3, verse 1. See yourselves co-raised with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in Him. Relocate yourselves mentally. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. And then I wrote in my margin a question. Father, what does it look like to be co-raised with Christ in the now. What does that look like now? It's a lot different than what we were taught. It's not a deferred hope, but it's a present reality. We are co-raised into life, into resurrection life, which means sickness and disease and dysfunction of our body has to go. And as we continue to meditate on, I am co-included in him, I am raised in him, our bodies respond because those cell gates that we talked about a few months back begin to open up because they respond to truth. And then as they open up to truth, what happens? The vibrancy of the light of Christ in us takes over and brings healing. There's more we can talk about, but I just wanted to highlight and, and get, get tonight to, to the place of just beginning to dwell on the fact 
and I mean dwell on the fact, I am raised in Christ. I am not an afterthought. I'm a first thought. Diana's a first thought. Carol is a first thought. Greg is a first thought. Norman is a first thought. Linda and John are first thoughts. How can we all have how can God have first thoughts about us all? I don't know. It's a mystery, but he does. He's God. I think he can have more thoughts than the entire human race combined at any one moment. So you're his first thought. And in that first thought of his, as we meditate on that, that brings that sense of value that he has given to us to the forefront of our minds. And we are as valued as valued children of God included in the union, in the, in the paracritic circle, in the union with him, all of the benefits that Christ displayed when he was on the earth are in us and come out of us. We also present healing to the world just as Christ did by speaking about the Father and the love. So, as we go into the next set, just let Him take the bucket down, bring up truth, pour it over, take the bucket down, bring up truth, pour it over, and just respond to truth. Amen?